This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. Presented by MetaShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg. And we are your fantasy coaches here on the final edition of the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast for the 2022 season. As we recap, we review, we uh, just remember what took place throughout the the fantasy season and what lessons we learned, what takeaways we have, where we whiffed and missed, where we hit the players that did great this year, which players actually won championships for fantasy managers this season and, and which players were most disappointing. And so we will unpack all of that today and, and hopefully what we've done all season and what we want to, uh, again to do today is we want to encourage you. We want to help you find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season, and we hope that we helped you win and you were in position to uh, to at least get into the playoffs and, and make a run at a championship. And so as we, we learned once again, y- you do your best as a fantasy manager. You make wise decisions. You, you, you try to you know put the, the right players in your lineup. And then you need a lot of things to, to just go your way that are out of your control. And, of course, injuries and, and wild things took place throughout the fantasy playoffs, as they always do. But hopefully we, we set you up for success uh, this year. And, and as we always remind you, we're not always right, but we hope we're convincing. And so we hope that that was the case this season. We are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. And, and so we love Sugar Creek coffee. I've been enjoying it for my morning coffee. And they have a passion for coffee, a love for people. It's handcrafted. It's small batch. It's artesian roasted. And the best part, if you go to SugarCreekCoffee.com, you can use the promo code UNPACK to save some money. But the best part, it's fresh roasted coffee delivered to your door. And, and so they want you to enjoy flavorful, fresh coffee, and and they deliver it right to your door. So go to SugarCreekCoffee.com, use the promo code UNPACK, and enjoy some Sugar Creek coffee uh, like like I do. I know Luke loves it uh, as well, Uh, and so so we we appreciate uh, their support of this show. All right, so let's uh let's jump in and and say hello to Harrison the the last we we talked on this show it was right before Christmas and we uh, we took a couple weeks off of this show and actually Harrison the fantasy playoffs took place while we were apart 
And you also traveled across the world over the last couple of weeks. And so take us into the, the trip that you went on and how it affected your fantasy outcomes. So I took an amazing trip to Antarctica during the fantasy playoffs, which wow. I don't know why I thought there would be Wi-Fi or service or anything in Antarctica to still be able to keep touch with fantasy. There's there was not. There? There, there, there? there was no life. There was nothing. So I'm just stranded in the middle of you know icebergs trying to get a score, not even set my fantasy line, just be able to see what games are going on for about two or three weeks, got nothing. So I was in the dark for my fantasy playoffs, um, unable to set my lineup. And in the, the playoff game, I was in the semifinals, only lost by four. When I got back, I was able to see that. But the worst part was that I had two guys on my bench score 30 points each that I probably would have put in instead of the guys that I did have in the lineup, which would have catapulted uh. me to the championship game. And who knows what happens uh, from there. But that was that was heartbreaking to see that. But you know, one fantasy year, you know, making the playoffs, making the championship doesn't really matter when you do, you know, some crazy things once in a lifetime experience like going to Antarctica. So in the end, it was all worth it, but a little bit disappointing that I wasn't able to claim a championship this year just because I had no access to the fantasy oh. app on my phone. <laughs> wow. What a story. You sacrificed your, your fantasy championship opportunity for, I guess, love, because you're with your, your girlfriend's family, and, uh, and then also uh, an experience of a lifetime. So that's, that's pretty cool. So what was the big highlight then from this trip? Uh, big highlight from the trip was the wildlife. Uh, got saw a lot of penguins, seals, killer whales. Probably the craziest thing, though, is that so there's no humans down there. They're just not afraid at all. Every wildlife will come right up next to you. You could walk right up to it because they, they have no idea what you are. So there's no reason for them to be afraid of you. Um, so that was pretty crazy. Just, you know, being able to walk up to a penguin or be in a boat and a whale comes about five feet away from your boat because it's just not intimidated by your presence. Wow, that's incredible. Well, gosh, I've got a lot more questions, but we'll we'll save those for, for off air and people can... Uh reach out and, and ask you questions as well. But, uh, but cool. Well, glad you made, you made it back. Cause that's a, seems like a risky trip, but, uh, but you, you made it back. And of course now the, the fantasy season is over. We head into the NFL playoffs, which some people continue to play fantasy throughout the NFL playoffs, which is, which is fun. It's fine. Um, I did one little uh, kind of fun thing, but, uh, for the most part, you know, the, the, the regular season is, is what it's all about. So that's what we're going to reflect on, uh, today. And, and I want to start first as we kind of usually begin with some fantasy shenanigans. And, and so as we really take a look at the entire season and the players that ultimately won championships for people, what are the takeaways as we look at our own rosters? You know, I, I ended up in a couple final fours in, in, in my leagues, but, but overall I didn't have a, I didn't have a real successful league, a season. However, as I look back at a lot of my decisions, most of the players that I felt good about ended up having a good year. In certain circumstances, I just couldn't put it all together. And, and there's you know a lot, of, a lot of luck that goes into things and certain injuries at, at certain points in the year uh, cost me opportunities uh, to make the playoffs and, and that kind of thing. But overall, it's like, all right, yeah, I feel pretty good about the, the, the principles and the fantasy philosophies that I believe in. At the same time, things are always changing. The NFL is evolving. The offenses are, are changing at times. 
And, and a couple of my big takeaways, which we kind of knew going into the season, but the quarterback and the tight end position heading into the year just had a lot of question marks. And for fantasy managers, how we approach those two positions in the draft, I think made all the difference this year. Because the people that valued Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes to go and say, I'm going to go get the best quarterback. I'm going to go get the best tight end, which they have been for the most part over the last you know, five, six years, however long Mahomes has been in the league and, and, and Kelsey for sure. So those two guys won a ton of leagues. And I, my philosophy has always been, I love running back, running back to start my drafts. That's, I've been doing that for a long time. But I have to reconsider because the Mahomes... Kelsey approach is the way to go. The difference between Kelsey and Hawkinson, uh, who was the second best tight end this season, Kelsey finished with 306 points. TJ Hawkinson, the second best tight end, 212. I mean, think about that, that discrepancy. It's unbelievable. So that's my, my big takeaway from the season. Uh, what about for you, Harrison? Yeah, I think that's going to be something that's really important going into next year. Cause not even just Mahomes, but you look at Mahomes, Allen and Hertz. If you had one of those three guys on your roster, you had such an advantage because they were putting up 25 plus 30 points every week. Consistent. Because you know, you're like, oh, well, I have Kirk Cousins. He's the QB six, but he's scoring 10 points less per game than those top three guys. It's really not the same thing. And tight end especially as well. It was either Kelsey or nothing pretty much this year. You had to have him and he was, he was a monster for you. Um, but I think definitely looking at the running back approach is interesting because outside of Jonathan Taylor – I mean, we can't really say that a lot of the first-round running backs, like, busted. Christian McCaffrey had a good year. Austin Eckler had a good year. Derrick Henry statistically had a solid year. He didn't play in the playoffs, which hurt a lot of people. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs had a great season. Saquon Barkley had a breakout year again, like we thought he was going to. But I feel like if you had one of those top running backs on your team, even though they did what you thought they were going to do, you weren't as happy as the guy that had Justin Jefferson or the guy that had Tyree Kill loaded up on receivers early. Because they were fine. They had a good season for you, but they were never really winning you weeks. I don't remember a lot of you know game-winning 40-point performances from star running backs this year. It was a lot of 15 points, 18 points. We were going against a guy who his first-round pick was Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, and you know they're putting up a 35-point game, and there's just no way you can match that firepower. So I think we're going to see a lot more receivers taken in the first round. You know, the last couple of years, it's been one or two receivers go in the first round. I think we're going to probably see like five or six, maybe, and maybe four running backs, receivers overtake running backs. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes go in the first round. We were calling guys crazy for taking Josh Allen in the second round this year. It's like, oh, you got to load up on running backs. You're going to have no depth at these other positions. It doesn't matter. You can find guys off the waiver wire. There's only 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, and 10 of them are really only good for fantasy. So you are not finding a top five quarterback off the waiver wire, unless you got Justin Fields, which was you know crazy. But it's much easier to build depth as the season goes on at running back instead of a position like quarterback or tight end. Yeah, no, I I, I'm, I have to reevaluate my view of elite wide receivers because over the last couple of years, some of those guys, Tyree Kill and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, started to emerge as first or second round guys, and I let other managers take those wide receivers, and I was going to load up with, with two top running backs that I 
projected to be great. Um, and I have to reevaluate. I'm, I'm one of those guys that has to reconsider. And it will depend on fantasy position and all that. And we'll, we'll talk about more of that during the, during the offseason leading up to drafts. But, but it's definitely, yeah, this was a year of elite wide receivers. And, and if you look at you know, who, who won uh, championships this year, you know, A.J. Brown won a lot of people leagues, C.D. Lamb. Uh, so how high do those two guys go, go next year? Um, and then, yeah, Tyreek Hill was on a lot of rosters. So uh, it's, it's, yeah, definitely, definitely worth considering. Um, the one tight end worth mentioning as well, who it took a while to get going, but George Kittle, people that hung on to George Kittle, somebody that we've liked over the years, uh, he won a lot of leagues uh, for people that, that were patient with him. Um, the, the one other thing that I think is interesting when looking at the year that McCaffrey and Barkley had, because a lot of people going into you know, last year's drafts, it was, ah, I don't think I can trust Barkley. Or, ooh, I've been burned by CMC the last two seasons. I'm going to avoid him. But both those guys, man, they had you know, amazing seasons and, and really carried you in, in many ways. And so what will our approach be this year with injured guys? So Brees Hall comes to mind. Javante Williams comes to mind. How will those guys be discounted with the potential of really, you know, emerging? Um, and even a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who has has started to, to show that he's injury prone, yet at the same time, when healthy and out there, he still puts up pretty good numbers. And then same with Cam Akers. And so I think those will be some names that will be very interesting in how we all respond to those guys come draft season. So any other final just kind of overall thoughts and takeaways from uh, from this year yeah I think one thing that's really interesting with the injuries is you know the biggest bust of the season by far was Jonathan Taylor because he was a guy that was you know 101 going to carry you as solid as they get you know huge workload never misses time and then he got injured and I think this is now not just a coincidence but a trend that's starting to emerge so I looked back at some of the other running backs who had a similar narrative of Jonathan Taylor going into the season where they received 300-plus carries the year before and were locked in as a first-round first fantasy pick. Go back to Zeke in 2019, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, both in 2020, huge workloads. And then Jonathan Taylor in 2021, all those guys receiving 300-plus carries. The following season, those four players who, who did that, that 300-carry mark, on average missed four games, had almost 90 less total carries, and almost averaged – 0.6 yards less per carry. So when they were on the field, they were less efficient too. So maybe we should go against the you know logical thinking of, oh, this guy handles a huge workload and didn't get injured. Well, if he handled a huge workload and didn't get injured, he's taken more and more hits than the guys who were able to you know take a couple games off, like McCaffrey, who was able to rest all of last year, or Barkley. And looking at guys from this year, who now are on that, you know, injury wash going to the next season that are, you know, tanks and we don't think of them being injury prone, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, and then Derrick Henry again, all guys who had a huge workload this year will probably be at the top of draft boards next year because, you know, they're so reliable. Hold on. Let's actually see if they can break that trend of huge workload running backs actually staying healthy the year after they have their giant workload season. Yeah, you'd almost have to include Najee Harris, uh, Leonard Fournette to a certain extent, 
Joe Mixon. I mean, some of those guys you just got to kind of consider. Yeah, that th- those would be nominations for that. Whereas, like I've always said, with Austin Eckler, who is this year's number one running back, the reason I love him is because he doesn't get a ton of carries. He gets a ton of catches. He gets a ton of catch uh, touches throughout the game, but he doesn't get pounded and beat up like a lot of these these running backs. Uh, so I I would feel comfortable with Eckler being the number one running back next year and taking him number one. Um, and then some guys who may be that Austin Eckler mold moving forward is, you know, Tony Pollard, not getting a ton of carries, but gets the ball in the, his hands and makes the most of that opportunity. And then we saw Travis Etienne once he got the workload. You know, he wasn't getting five carries a game like a Derrick Henry, but he was getting enough touches with his efficiency to produce at an Eckler-like level. So those are two other guys next year where, you know, Eckler may be a little rich if you don't have a top three pick for you to get on your team. But ETN, the Jags are going to be an explosive offense. He could definitely fit in that mold. And Tony Pollard, we don't know if he'll stay in Dallas, if he'll move somewhere else, but he's that sort of player where you can build an offense around him and a fantasy team around him without having to get him the ball 350 times in the season. Absolutely. You know, I love Pollard. So let's uh, let's go there as far as our, our best calls and decisions of the year, the players that, that, that did what we hoped they would do or even exceeded our, our expectations, but, but guys that we were excited about uh, heading into the year. And, and for me, it was Tony Pollard. And, and he ends up finishing seventh in, in total points for running backs, uh, which is remarkable. Uh, I also love the season that Brandon Ayuk had. Uh, he did benefit from Debo Samuel being banged up this year. That's another player that will be interesting where he goes and drafts next year. Uh, that's that's fascinating. Well, and kind of go back to last year, taking as many carries that he had. He dealt with the ramifications this season. Uh, but Ayuk was a benefit of that. And and then also the tight end that I love this year, Pat Fryermuth. He was great. He was consistent. You know, he, he didn't do the Kelsey numbers, of course, but just very solid. You could count on him. He was probably the most reliable uh tight end this year um and then also uh i was in on cmc and barkley this year and that that benefited me well um and then my my favorite is i did draft trevor lawrence and he ended up finishing 16th in total points all positions uh which is of course quarterbacks score more points but but still to, to i got him really late last year in my keeper league i'm going to be able to keep him and and going into next year he'll be a top six seven quarterback anyway as far as rankings go uh with the potential to to even exceed that and, and get into that upper echelon he's a former number one pick and we're seeing the talent of course led his team to the playoffs and, and so anyway lo- love trevor lawrence and excited about uh what he did this year and what he'll do moving forward what, what about for you where's the excitement yeah so the excitement for me was i mean a guy that i was on really early in the preseason was isaiah pacheco and it took a long time for him to catch on. But when he did, he was great for the Chiefs. Um, Justin Fields, someone who I picked up, you know, week three in the fantasy season and then single-handedly won me games for the rest of the year, being a top five quarterback, scoring 45, 50-point games, which was insane to see from him. Um, Chris Olave was another guy that I loved. He was a rookie wide receiver I really wanted to get. Got him on, I think, three of my teams. Uh, a lot of people were in on Drake London or Traylon Burks, but Olave was my guy. He had a fantastic season. And then Ramondre Stevenson was my pick, like your Pollard, for breakout running back. He had a great year. Didn't trust Damian Harris. He went down. Stevenson took over. Even though the Patriots offense wasn't great, Stevenson became the bell cow there and really showed what he could do in a lead role. So I'd say those are my four guys that 
I was really excited that actually panned out uh, my expectations. Absolutely. And, and on the flip side, we'll talk about where we missed and, and kind of whiffed uh, heading into the year. And, and for me, I didn't get any Ramadre Stevenson shares this season. So I went in on Damian Harris again uh, based on how good he was last year. But Stevenson was the guy all season long. And I guess toward the end, he got a little banged up. But uh, he was awesome. So I whiffed on him. Um, I, you mentioned Pacheco. I, I whiffed on Jarek McKinnon. Because he was somebody that I, I actually really liked early in his career and, and knew that he was a good running back. But then he got injury prone and, and was bouncing around from different teams. And I really regret not picking him up because he would have been a guy that, that was available at certain times this year. Uh, and he finished really, really well. So I whiffed on him. And then you mentioned some of the rookie wide receivers. In general, I avoid rookies. I, I don't. Sometimes they get overvalued in, in my leagues to where – I'm not willing to pay the price for them, but somebody like Kenneth Walker, man, what a season he had when healthy. He was awesome. Um, I got, I did have Damian Pierce in, in one league and ended up trading him actually at the right time, which worked out. But, but I wish I would have gotten a couple more of these, these rookies and especially the wide receivers, uh, Olave. And, and I think Drake London showed what he can do, do as well. Moving forward. Uh, Garrett Wilson with the jets, you know, showed, what he's capable of. So I whiffed on, on some of those guys. Where, where did you miss? So I completely whiffed on the Dolphins receivers. I did not think that this Bobby offense too. offensively, like the, the passing game was going to be as great as it was. And even when they weren't scoring points, Tyreek Hill was still getting eight receptions for 120 yards when the Dolphins score like 13 points in the game. Him and Waddle were great together. And then also I really overlooked veteran wide receivers this year. Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, guys who were, you know, going into their 30s on bad situations, what we thought was bad situations. Turns out that Geno Smith is actually a Pro Bowl level quarterback better than Russell Wilson somehow. Um, but those were guys that I just got no shares in, never, never even considered drafting them if they were available in like the 10th round. Didn't matter how late it was. And they both finished as, you know, top 20 receivers this year and had great seasons. Gosh, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, man. So that's where we we whiffed, and uh, and so we'll when we come back from, uh, we'll, we're going to do our breakout, and we're going to hear from Harrison a little bit more as, as a couple other takeaways from the year, some some guys that maybe we won't draft next season, some of our uh, the waiver wire pickups of the year, and and so we'll we'll have a little fun with that. But but each week throughout the season, uh, we always did a, a breakout in, in the middle of our, our show where we take a fantasy concept, a, a principle or something that takes place in a, a fantasy season, and then we parallel that to the Bible and to our own lives. And, and so hopefully you participated in Fantasy Football Fellowship throughout the year uh, within your league and, and you were a member. And so be thinking about that for next year uh, as well, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. But today, I want to talk about the winners, the winners of your league. And hopefully you were that, that person and you won after you know, weeks of, of competition and, and lineup decisions and you drafted the right guys and picked up the right players on, on the waivers and, and, and made the right choices for, for who should start each week. And, and overall, by the end of it, you were the champion and that feeling as I look at my two rings in front of me from, from years past is a pretty cool feeling where you win your league. And for the next you know few months, 
you get to remind the the buddies in your in your league or family members or coworkers. I was the fantasy champion, and you know when you win, most people in your league will say, "Hey, congratulations! Hey, way to go! Great job! Impressive year!" Uh, when you tell people that you won your fantasy league, they say, "Hey, good job! Congratulations!" All that kind of thing, and you know in some ways you're you're admired at least for a little while by the other members of your league and when you think about you know the the work that you put into this season you, you feel validated you, you feel like all right I, I I can justify the time and I feel good about uh what I accomplished and uh, it's just kind of a, a wonderful moment when when you win the the championship and here's the deal in in fantasy we we love being validated we you know, feel like we're in some ways better than other people just because we won this year, right? We're better at fantasy than them. And we, we, we sort of get excited about that, but it's also fleeting. It goes away in a couple months. Everybody will start thinking about next season and everybody will have a fresh opportunity and it, it'll be, it'll be old, old news. And so that, that validation sort of uh, <laughs> disappears quickly, but, but in life, if we expand this beyond fantasy, we all long for validation and approval and and worthiness. And whether it's you know at, at our work or serving at church or even in our home, you know, having our gifts and our talents and accomplishments, we we want them embraced and and we want to be accepted by others uh, because it's it's personally rewarding. And and so although you know these things are. They're not all bad. It's not all bad. There's something in us that that it, you know enjoys that and appreciates it, and we get affirmed and, and and validated. But all those things are fleeting, and they're not they're not deep. They're not lasting uh, in in regards to what what matters most. And and so when we look at this from a, a biblical perspective, and and we realize that eternal acceptance is what we're ultimately longing for. And it's that acceptance from the creator, the God of the universe, our heavenly father. And, and so that's, that's what, that's what we, we, we ultimately long for. And so we receive that validation, that acceptance when, when we receive God's free gift of salvation. And the best part is it's not based on anything we do. And so we don't have to, to validate ourselves or, or prove that were worthwhile to receive the the gift of grace and and salvation through Jesus through our faith in him and and so you know we're validated because we've placed our faith in Jesus and his death and resurrection and so when we rest in that truth and understand that the god of the universe approves us because we're in Christ then our need for others approval and acceptance diminish. And, and so we can get a boy or way to go or congratulations from people and it's fine, cool, all right, great, thanks. But it doesn't, it's not what we're chasing after. It's not what's most important because we're resting in what the God of the universe says about us. And, and so that's, that's, what, that's what ultimately matters and what lasts. And, and so Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
has done for us. And so it's all about what Jesus has done. We are validated because we are in Christ when, when we surrender to him and, 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 and receive him uh, and, and receive his, his grace. And so now we spend the rest of our lives experiencing God's love while we do seek to please him above anyone else. And, and so it's not to be uh, validated in because we're, we're already, we're secure. We're secure in our, our eternity. We're secure in who he says we are. And we, we're a child of God. We're part of his family. We're, we're, we're with him for eternity. We're fully, we're fully loved by him. And so that's, that's wonderful. So we rest in that. But now we live our lives to please him out of a response to the love and the grace that he's shown us. And, and so Paul writes in, in Galatians 1.10, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And so we're living life as, as a follower of Jesus and, and a servant of his, and so we want to please him. And, 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 and that's, that's what we're, we're chasing after. And so, you know, God's approval is, is what truly matters, and, and so that's our, our focus and, and so when our priority is pleasing God above everyone else and finding our affirmation in him, we, we show that our hearts are, are in the right place and we're aligned with him. And, and we understand where true validation comes from, uh, not the fleeting validation of a, of a championship fantasy championship or, or any other validation that we, we feel like is important in life. Oh, I'm validated because I've, I've got all the money or I've got this uh, accomplishment. Eh, those things they they pale in comparison, and they're they're fleeting in in the in the larger scheme of things. What we really want is uh, security, validation, and and that that approval that comes from uh, a life of faith in Jesus and resting in Him and being um, yeah a servant, a follower of Him. And so, Second Timothy two fifteen reminds us: work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. And so today, let's praise God for allowing us to be accepted, welcomed, embraced by him because of Jesus. And so let's allow that life-changing peace to give us all the confidence we need to live a life that's pleasing to him and knowing who we are in him. So that's the good news. That's a, that's a, that's a wonderful uh, reminder for us today. Uh, that we got to stop worrying about the approval and the validation of others and, and finding our, our worthiness in what the world says or what others say, uh, but, but our worthiness is found in who Jesus says we are in him and the life that we're now living with him and for him, uh, both now and for eternity. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. All right, there you go. So that's the, the final breakout topic for this year. Uh, the plan is to have all new content and topics for next season. And so we're excited about that as we head into the off season here at fantasy football fellowship. And so we, we'd love your feedback and, and any, you know, just kind of reaction to this season and, and what you thought of the breakouts and what you thought of this podcast and however else you participated in fantasy football fellowship. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, always, always open to, uh, to hearing from you through email, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. All right, Harrison, as we, uh, as we continue to reflect on this past season, you know, waiver wires were always a big thing that we talked about, usually following the, the breakout topic. And so as we look back at sort of the waiver wire pickups of the year, 
who are some of those players that, that you know, biggest game changing moves that, that guys were able to pick up uh, off of waivers? Well, you mentioned him before. I think the biggest game changing one has to be Jarek McKinnon. You know, if you picked him up the week before the playoffs, he gave you 32 points, 34 points, 13, and then 23 points in the four weeks of that playoff stretch from week 14 on. I mean, he was probably the number one running back that you could have had in the entire league during that time. And he was on waivers just the week before. So he definitely won you your championship if if you had him. Uh, and then guys for a season-long waiver wire pickups. Talk about Samaj P. Ryan filled in at times this year was great. Uh, Justin Fields was someone who, if you got him early, he was your starting quarterback for the rest of the year. And then Cam Akers was a guy where he started out really slow, but then really caught fire towards the end of the season and helped you make that playoff push if you got him. And then my favorite waiver wire pickup was personally for me, Deion Jackson in week six, backup running back for the Colts, picked him up for one week, scored 30 points, and then didn't do anything for the rest of the season. But he won me my game that week, having him on my roster. That was a huge week. And we thought he would do a little bit more throughout the year, but it just didn't happen. And Basically, the Colts uh, crumbled after that. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the, the one player for me, so I, I'm a Panthers fan. I don't like the Falcons, and I just avoid Falcons players. It it, it seeps into my, my fantasy decisions, and I never picked up Tyler Algier, but he was a great pickup this year. Uh, actually, no, I did. I got him in one league. I had him in one league and was able to play him uh, throughout the season, but he was awesome. He's a rookie running back, and – you know, Cordero Patterson still had a great year, too. They actually finished right next to each other in the in the running back standings, um, and, and both both were you know, very effective and, 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 and awesome players. Uh, but Algier was somebody you could, uh, you could get you know, earlier in the season. So he finished 31st overall uh, running backs, and Patterson was 32. So, um, so, so pretty cool. So 145 points for Algier. So he's, he's someone to keep an eye out for next year uh, as well. And speaking about that, who are you most excited about? We've, we've mentioned a couple of these names, but what players going in? You already know. You already know it's January. We'll start talking draft, fantasy drafts in, in July, but but who, who are you most excited about? For me at QB, it's Trevor Lawrence. I think he's the obvious breakout candidate after having a fantastic season this year. And a lot of times it's like, oh, well, you know, are they going to add more pieces? There's a lot of other quarterback situations where you don't know, are they going to get an upgrade on the O-line? Are they going to get another receiver? We already know that Trevor Lawrence is getting an upgrade because they have Calvin Ridley and he's going to be coming back from suspension. People forget how great Calvin Ridley was in Atlanta. I mean, we don't know if he'll be that level because he's had two years off from football now, but you're talking about an offense that's getting pretty much better overnight, adding another receiver to that core, which is already great for Trevor Lawrence. And then just more time for them to gel in the offensive system. He's going to have a fantastic year next year. And then the, the rookie wide receiver this season, that I think really went under the radar because, you know, he was injured during the middle of the year was Jahan Dotson during Jahan Dotson's last five games. He was on a 70 reception, 1,100-yard, 10-touchdown pace for the Washington Commanders. He was a fantastic player when he was on the field. He's someone who I think will be going in the middle rounds and could truly break out next season in his second season in the NFL if he's healthy for the whole year. So those are two guys that I'm extremely excited about. What about you? All right, I got a couple guys as well. George Pickens got a lot of hype, Pittsburgh wide receiver, uh, during training camp. He lived up to that hype. 
he didn't necessarily put up huge numbers. And, and as the season went on, Kenny Pickett became a better quarterback. It, it, it appears that he's going to be their guy, at least for, for next year, and, and really try to see what they have in Pickett. But I think they've seen enough to give him another year. Um, and so George Pickens, as a rookie wide receiver, flashed. He showed glimpses. He showed us what he's capable of. He's a very talented, athletic wide receiver. And, and I think with a full season and an offseason with Kenny Pickett being the guy and establishing that you know, relationship with George Pickens, I think Pickens takes a, another step forward. Uh, and that offense overall takes another step forward next year. We saw how the Steelers finished, finished really well. Uh, and I think Pickens will be a, a beneficiary of that next year. Um, also, Justin Herbert. He was not as great as we wanted him to be. He had a down season to his standards or to our hype machine. However, he's awesome. We know he's great. I expect him to be good in the NFL playoffs. And next year, I think you could probably get him at a slight discount. And I will be trying to snag him because uh, he's he's just so talented. Uh, and then the third guy, uh, Darren Waller. So I drafted him this year. He did not help me at all. It was a total whiff on my part. But I'm going to double down. I'm going to go after him next year. Because as we saw the last week or two, he's really good. Uh, again, it's talent in the long run does win out. And sometimes you have to go back to the well, even when you know injuries affect a guy. Uh, but like we said at the top, we're looking for tight ends. Where are the tight ends? Hello, any tight ends out there? Darren Waller has shown in the past what he's capable of. They're going to have a new quarterback next year. Uh, and so I'm excited about Waller having a bounce back season. Um, so we'll see about that. All right, last thing, we'll wrap up with this. Who who left such a bad taste in your mouth this year that you know you're not going to draft next year? All right, first guy for me is Adam Thielen. He's someone who I've loved his entire career, but he just really didn't do anything this season. It always felt like he let me down when he was in my lineup. And Justin Jefferson's the guy there now. TJ Hawkinson's there. I'm not anticipating Thielen to have a great year next year. And then my second guy, who is someone who I tried to convince you to draft last year, and Brandon Cooks. I mean, I've been a fan of his as well, but it's just I think time has run out for Brandon Cooks. Maybe he can find a spot as a wide receiver too somewhere if he gets traded, but he's just not someone who I want on my team. He was extremely disappointing this season. Mine is way too easy, but I speak for the entire fantasy community. I will not be drafting Russell Wilson. I, I promise I'm not drafting Russell Wilson. I absolutely blew it. I took him in like the sixth round this year. Huge mistake. I own it, and it will never be done again. I will never have Russell Wilson on my fantasy team. A few years ago, Ezekiel Elliott entered that realm for me, and he has not been on my team for now a number of years. Uh, and so Russell Wilson has joined Zeke Elliott as my never-will-I-draft-again players. Um, so, so there you go, but, uh, but Harrison, man, it's been a, a fun season with you here on the fantasy football fellowship podcast. And we thank all of our listeners for, for being supportive and, and always appreciate, uh, any feedback from you and, and those that jumped in on the live show throughout the, the, the year, uh, as well. Uh, we appreciate that and, uh, we'll be working on things in the off season and, and look forward to, uh, bringing this back sometime in the, in the summer. And so, so be sure to follow us on social media, look for fantasy football fellowship. And, and if you subscribe to this podcast, uh, you'll see updated episodes when they, when they drop. So 
Uh, be sure to go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com as well. Be on the email list uh, if you aren't already. And, uh, and Harrison, man, excellent job. Always appreciate your your insight and uh, and and always great going back and forth with you. So uh, enjoyed it and uh, wonderful work. Yep, great season, Bryce. Proud to be on the show. You know, didn't capture a championship this year, but that's what next year's for. Off season's going to be great. Put in a ton of work, and hopefully, we'll get some more championships next year. But thank you. It's been a great season. You know, awesome time going back and forth on some guys that we disagree with. Um, so I look forward to next season. Absolutely, man. Well, next year you're not going to Antarctica. That was a that was a one and done, one and done. So we'll keep you we'll keep you in the states for uh, for the championship and playoff week. So we'll, we'll try to make sure that happens. But uh, for Harrison Zuckerberg, uh, we appreciate him. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a fantasy manager who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that He died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by His grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy managers and sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great offseason. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the Unpacking It podcast for updated episodes there uh, throughout the the entire year. Uh, And so we we thank you for your support. Thanks to all of our uh, financial supporters and, and members of Fantasy Football Fellowship. Also, thanks to Sugar Creek Coffee, Be sure to go to sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use that promo code UNPACK. Also, thanks to MediShare for being our presenting sponsor uh, once again this year. And you can go to metashare.com slash unpacking it if you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust. metashare.com slash unpacking it. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. I'm Bryce. This has been the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. (laughs) 